Well, hello there, brave ones. I am so excited to have you here with us today. My name is Heather Vickery, and you have tuned in to the Brave Files podcast. Okay, guess what? The Brave Method Workshop is coming back. It's back by popular demand, and this amazing, hands-on, intensive, in all the right ways workshop is where I break down my powerful five-part system to help you leverage your fears into intentional bravery and finally build the life and perhaps even the business of your dreams. You are worth it and you deserve to have everything you desire. The Brave Method is the perfect solution for go-getters just like you. Those folks who know that they are destined for a big, bold life, but something seems to always be in the way. So during this nine-day workshop, we will come together for 60 minutes a day to deep dive into my five-part system and get you familiar with the tools necessary to get unstuck and on your way to the life of your dreams. The Brave Method Workshop starts on July 20th and registration is open right now. So make sure you are all ready to go. Just visit vickeryandco.com slash workshop to reserve your spot. You have to reserve your spot. In order to join us, visit vickeryandco.com slash workshop to get all of the details and to get registered. I am so excited about it and I cannot wait to see you there. All right, friends. So this week I talked to Matt Zinman. Matt never saw himself as an entrepreneur, but when he got divorced, he decided to become his own boss so that he could be a present hands-on father to his then very young son. Shared custody wasn't really something most fathers did in the early 2000s, but for Matt, it was the only option. And he knew that in order to be the hands-on parent he wanted to be, he had to make some changes. And that included quitting a regular nine to five job and starting his own business. Taking the leap wasn't easy for Matt, but he worked through his fears by moving through the world with relentless positivity and earned confidence. And he is going to tell us all about that. So let's get started. Driven, undeterred, and happierness. This is Heather Vickery, and you're listening to The Brave Files, stories from people living courageously. When we choose bravely in big and small ways, it powerfully elevates our lives. I hope these stories connect with you and encourage you to embrace bravery in every possible way, day after day. Together, we can build a movement of courageous living that enriches both our lives and our communities. And if you enjoy the show, I ask you to please share it with others. Maybe think of someone who you want to choose bravely right alongside you. Thanks for tuning in. Now here's the show. Hey, everyone. You know, I am an only child who grew up with a single mom, and now I'm also a divorced mom raising my children in two households. I talk a lot about the struggles of being a single parent, but those often focus on a mother's perspective. The co-parenting relationship that I have with my ex is a far cry from what my dad did and, and what we did together. We were in a more traditional divorced parent situation. I saw my dad every other weekend until I was in middle school and too busy to take that entire weekend away. So we would meet for lunch or dinner, hit up a concert now and then. My kids, however, really do split their time 50-50 with their other parent. And today's guest did that same thing with 
his son, but way back before it was cool, way before it was something other people did very often. And first of all, I just love him for that and even for for wanting it and for fighting for it. And I can't wait to dig in and ask those questions. But we are joined today by Matt Zinman, who is going to talk to us about being a single dad and raising his son while raising his business and how that shaped both of their lives. He's also the author of a book called Zisms insights to live by. It's based on his experiences as an entrepreneur, an athlete, and a single parent. Oh, and a caregiver and a nonprofit founder. And Jesus, Lord, this guy does everything. And the host of Insights to Live By, which is a podcast that invites guests to share their own pearls of wisdom. Stay tuned for an episode with yours truly coming up. Matt is the CEO of the Internship Institute, which he established in 2007 to make experiences matter. And I don't know. I mean, you're the coolest guy in the whole wide world, apparently, and we have been waiting a long time for this conversation. Welcome to the Brave Files, Matt. Hey, Heather. Great to be with you. Thank you for having me. It is good to have you. You did such a good job of staying so quiet while I did that intro, because usually people giggle when they hear an intro like that. I'm not really a giggler, I have to admit. No. Okay. Is your wife a giggler? No. She's not a giggler. Okay. (laughs) As, as, (laughs) As hard as I try. So, honey, if you're listening to this, I love you. There was the giggle. No, I like it. I like it. No, welcome. I'm really excited to have you here. We connected a long time ago, and um, it's taken us a minute to get together here. And I'll just dig right in. I said in the intro, I'm a single parent, but I was raised by a single parent. And I would love to know, just from the perspective of the kid, because this is so fascinating, how long ago did you get divorced and that you your son was two at the time, right? And you began this shared custody situation. Correct. Yeah. So a, a number of things intersected there. And look, I mean, for any parent, making that decision is a, as difficult as it gets. Yes, it is. And at the time, you know, naturally in any situation as you are considering divorce, it's a stressful household. Yeah. And for me, I felt it more important that my son grow up in a non-stressful household as the trade-off in being the single parent. And uh, I was in my first career uh, in and around marketing, communication, public relations. I was working down in Philadelphia. I was training it every day. I was kind of burning out, quite honestly, mm-hmm. uh, in running a, uh, a department. And as this came up, uh, I, I had to make a number of changes, including quitting my job and starting my own company at, in 2002 so that I could be a 50% dad. I mean, I just have to stop you there and talk about that for a second because I don't know very many parents, period, especially dads, who would just go, well, that's what I have to do. It, 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 there's no question there for me. And it's funny, just the way you, I don't know, maybe I'm out of touch with it being that long ago, but it, it just seems well, natural. 2021. Nat- natural to me. I know they add up, they add up. <laughs> and I am remarried now for no, for four years, but like, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, but yeah, no, it really, it was that important to me. And, you know, in, you know, as a dad and, and, you know, with my son and his name is Jake and, uh, I just How felt that that influence. That? How did you know that being able to work from home and, and have more time with him? Well, I don't even know how to. So it's really interesting because when we when I went through my divorce, we had a 50-50 custody. But I, because I owned my business and I worked from home and because I was the mom, 
um, I still, like, I would drive to his house and pick the kids up and take them to school and pick them up from school and keep them until he got home from work and then take them back over there. Like, I still did, like, five times the amount of work. It would have never occurred to him even to ask to work from home, not until the pandemic hit did that start happening. Right. Well, I've been working at home running virtually since uh, <laughs> since way back then just helpful. as well. It's helpful. Uh, and, and you know what? At that time, you know, opening a, a virtual agency, you know, if you remember the uh, the talk about, oh, bricks and mortar versus yes. traditional, that, yeah. that was right at that time. And now, of course, the pendulum has swung, you know, completely the other way. Uh, but, you know, to answer your question, you know, for me, it it, it was just it wasn't even a question. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure how else to put it. I, okay. Uh, Good I did, for you. I, I, did, I did, you know, luck out to a degree where in, in it being possible for me to do it, I got a contract with a former client, which was Church & Dwight, which is the Arm & Hammer company. And I worked, ah. you know, they were a client of mine in my former agency for six years. So I knew a lot of people. They had just had a big merger and they, you know, I got a two-year contract. So, you know, from the entrepreneur side of things, you know, it's not for the faint of heart. I, I certainly <laughs> recommend that you get that anchor, uh-huh. uh, which, uh, you know, gave me the security I needed, you know, to get my footing. And it was very compartmentalized, right? So he, he's with me half the time. And, and then the other half, you know, is always, you know, he's with me, he was with me. And uh, I was with him. And then, you know, I, I'm, you know, busting my tail, you know, getting my company running yeah. and, and happening uh, the other half. So Well, and um, that was the question I was going to ask. I love that about you. That's how I run my business. When my kids are with me, I'm not working. I'm focused on them. And I can only do that because they're only with me half the time and I can work extra hours and work extra hard on the days that they're gone. And so that is how you manage your parenting. Yeah, well. exactly. Yeah. I will say, you know, thinking back, you know, there's a reality check where, you know, man in apartment alone doing you know, washing bottles, uh, changing diapers, that is a reality check. That was... Yes. Yeah. Well, that's what I was, was going to ask. What is your What was your life like during those years? What was... What surprised you most about that time in your life? Well, I, you've got me thinking back, of course, so that's why I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, just want to be pause. thoughtful in my answer. Okay. <laughs> I adapted better than I thought I would. Mm. I think that says so much about us as humans. We almost always do. When we do, when we have to, we do. I mean, it was hard. Yeah. And there's no, no two ways about yeah. it. But, you know, it's just him and I, you know, I, I'm not sure if it would have been easier with more than one, you know, because they would keep each other occupied. But that's the other side of having an only. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> you, you, you have know, to keep them occupied. Yeah, right. You know, you're <laughs> right. Exactly. Now, fortunately, his mom and I, I think we're on the, on the, you know, upper scale of co-parenting uh we certainly had challenges over the years I and mean, she's a good person but we we co-parented pretty well and interestingly enough when he was four we decided we took him to disney world together i love that shared a room you know the whole thing and um that. and and you know took him to plays together and you know in those early years so uh, again but it's not to say that there weren't any number of rough spots over the years that's just no, the way but it just does the way show it goes unity it shows family unity and families look all sorts of families look all sorts of different ways. And that was his family. You all are, are his family, right. whether you're together or not. So I love that. So, yeah, back to the question. What surprised you most? In terms of how I adapted? It, uh, wh- whatever, like, what was easiest, easier than you thought or harder than you thought or? Well, I was scared. So yeah. it was it was all at once, right? I mean, I quit my job. So mm-hmm. that was, 
That's huge. terrifying. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and at the same time, I wouldn't trade the freedom yeah. for anything. Yeah. I mean, in terms of a, a life value, in terms of a currency, you know, I've kicked and scratched any number of ways ever since to keep it. Uh, and to this day, I, you know, certainly value having the ability to manage my own schedule. Yeah. And, and th- that certainly made it easier because that, I mean, look, you know, training it, you know, running, you know, I had a, <laughs> I built a department up at the company I was at from two to uh, over 10 or 12 mm-hmm. uh, at the time. And it was a lot. And I didn't really love managing uh, the training uh, back and forth. I mean, I was really at max. And so on one hand, there was a relief from not having to do that. And, and then the trade-off of, oh, okay, now, wow, I have my, my true flexibility and I was able to adapt in terms of, you know, the new company and single parenting. So uh, it was scary, like for anybody. And it was a big decision, certainly among the biggest of my life. And, mm-hmm. you know, just like anything, you, you, you get through it. You do. It, it clearly was a great decision for you. Would you, do you think you would have ever quit the nine to five gig and started your own thing if you hadn't had that push? You know, Prior to that, earlier in my career, I never saw myself as an entrepreneur. Yeah. And if there was any one thing that I think that was a a benefit, you know, credit to the uh, you know the the owners of that agency, uh, I did learn a lot about entrepreneurship, and, and that certainly lowered the. In that position, I went through that transition of okay, I can do this. So. Yeah. Uh, but but up until that time, it wasn't until I was like you know ten or twelve years into my career where I was like oh okay um, <laughs> yeah so it all it all really converged and you know you're right you know certainly question that especially in the early years but I it wasn't long until I realized and certainly now the way he's turned out you know it was absolutely the right decision and, yeah. and I think one of the best ones and you know the you know it's a, it's a whole different dynamic right and instead of being you know with his mom a lot with her parents. It, it was he and I, and yeah. the experiences that we uh, and that I had with him were so much richer. Oh yeah, uh, in in the trade off. Well, I find that um, most of the time, I won't say all the time because that would just be a lie. But most of the time, I'm able to really be present with my kids when I'm with them because I don't have a lot of those distractions that parents who are with their kids all the time have. Because I'm able to structure and put up boundaries and do things differently because they're not with me all the time. Did you experience that? Well, overall, I, I look at just being present as uh, a, a high priority, you know, as a life skill. So it, it's something I continuously work at and have for many years. Uh, and, and certainly, you know, when it comes to that time in particular, it doesn't get any more than, you know, you have to be present. You have to be present. So I'm going to ask a question that I'm guessing that no one's ever asked you, or at least that you haven't thought of from this perspective. And I'm really excited to hear your answer because I think about this for myself all the time. What did you learn from being a single parent that is now helpful to you in business? Wow. You're right, Heather. I'm not sure I've ever gotten that question. (laughs) You know very well. You're, You're an experienced interviewer. Can you tell I'm buying myself a little bit of time okay. here? You don't have to apologize for needing to think of, of, of the answer. It's all right. Yeah, I mean, I certainly want to make the <laughs> give the, the most thoughtful answer. Um, you know, for me, I, I'd say 
ever since 2002. And part of it is the entrepreneurship. My personal life and business life have been completely intertwined. Yes. Which, okay. which was never the case. So it blurs a little bit in terms of my ability to answer that as if one was one thing and, and the other was the other, if you, you know, if you know what I mean. Sure. I, I just think I just grew overall as a person and, and, uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> Matt's like, why didn't I, you give I, me this I, question I, in advance? It's because I thought of it 10 minutes ago. <laughs> ah, <funny>. okay. <laughs> oh, well, you didn't tell me before the interview. I'll tell you what, we can come back to it if I have a deeper answer yeah. or things converge. But, uh, you know, for me that it, it's just all one. Okay. It's, it's yeah. interesting because for me, I have learned a lot of things. And there, I now teach all of these things. The biggest one for me is the importance of boundaries. And I mentioned it earlier, right? Having those boundaries of I'm, gonna, I'm not going to work when I'm with my kids. I'm going to stay focused or I'm not going to take my phone to the park because I, I know if I do that, I'm going to be all up in that. And so having those right. clear separate boundaries. And yeah, everything is merged together. But also, I am not available to my clients 24-7. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs are, but I've learned that because of my kids. Right. I, I mean, I definitely, yeah, I, to a degree, we've covered that. I mean, like I said, when I, it was very compartmentalized. When I was with him, I was with him, and there was, yeah. there was no crossover. And it was great to have that control. And, of course, when he wasn't with me, I really wasn't thinking a whole lot about him because <laughs> I had so much work yeah. to do. Not lack of uh, love, just focused. Yeah, I hear that. Well, if anything yeah. else comes to mind, because I'll bet you there are things, and we don't even sometimes we don't even recognize. So, um, you started your own agency, but you've done a lot of things since then. And I, I indicated the internship institute. Um, right. I'd love to hear a little bit more about what choosing to start your own business, work from home, so that you could be present with your son. What kind of things you created from that space? Tell me more about what you built. Well, one of the reasons, you know, in the business I was in and post the contract with Arm & Hammer, I mentioned, mm -hmm. I certainly had a number of other clients, but in that business, it's mainly professional services, which is to say you're billing by the hour. And there's only so many hours, especially when you're doing half the time, it's very difficult to get ahead. And I did get to the point where I felt like things ran its course. Um, I, I wanted to enter something else. And what got me into the internship space is that I, I had a history of having them myself. My last internship, you know, led to my that first job. Uh, and then I was always, uh, you know, going back to the to the schools and talking to the students. I ran the internship programs for my employers. Uh, and at this point in my career, I'm, I'm, I'm easily over 300 interns just by sheer time and mass. Uh, and back in, I started in 2005 and I decided, and what I realized was, well, there's a market need for employers and that there's a disconnect between the schools and their supporting employers in terms of, well, how do you do this right? And at that point, several years into running the agency, I was now running a program virtually, which was very novel at the time. Absolutely. Uh, and it, yeah. I mean, it, right. So it required more structure, uh, that I, as I sought to build that out, I was like, oh, this is nowhere. So I saw the market need. Uh, but what I didn't realize in getting into it, I mean, I, I, it was honestly, Heather, probably the hardest thing I yeah. could possibly yeah. imagine <laughs> trying to do. I could see you that. You know, like, you know, in, you know, from the frying pan to the fire, if it were. But, you know, the passion was there. And 
Uh, it was, uh, you know, no lack of, like I said, kicking and scratching over the years. Uh, and there were some things that were tied to it as well that kept me going. Uh, not the least of which is my, my parents, um, my dad passed mm-hmm. away um, right after, and my mom did 10 years before that, um, just as I was in that transition. And so I had a m- modest inheritance, but it was certainly something that kind of created that bridge for me and, you know, just to, you know, use the, you know, the analogy. I mean, they were kind of my angel investors, right? So I felt an allegiance to finish what I started. It's almost like I went too far to turn around. Uh, and then it evolved in, in and around 2008, 2009. I learned enough that there was, it wasn't just about going to employers and essentially, you know, Johnny Appleseed eating or installing, <laughs> you know, well-run <laughs> programs, which no one was doing. Um, it, it was, it was, it, there was a systemic impact that was greater and just, you know, a lot that drives me is, is about making that difference. And it's like, well, if not me, then who? And so I was driving toward that for quite a while. And I mainly survived, you know, with some grants, I had some commercial revenue, but you know, for those that run a nonprofit again, you know, not only, you know, entrepreneurship is one thing running a nonprofit, a whole other level. Um, and, and it was very difficult to sustain. And so what what's happened is that uh, you know this past year, as a lot of people have experienced with the pandemic, it sidelined the nonprofit. Not a lot of internships happening, you know, especially as they all, uh, you know, as everything switched over to virtual. And I was already between grants, which is, you know, the timing being what it was. I was writing my book, and uh, which also happened to come out the very week everything oh, that's closed terrible down. Terrible timing, friend. I'm I know. Sorry. I know. <laughs> Well, you know, yeah, my launch party, my signings, you know, goodbye. But I've got, you know, I've you know, shifted and you know switched to, to a lot of podcast interviews, and I just love doing this, which also got me into my podcast unexpectedly. So, you know, we never knew what was going to happen with the timing, but it, you know, in those, I'd say in those last eighteen months, the current somehow just got stronger against me. And it's one of those things I speak to in terms of trusting your intuition. In fact, there's a chapter in the book about swimming <laughs> yeah. with the current uh, that when you feel like, you know, I'm applying my will every which way and I'm still banging my head against the wall, uh, you really have to step back and, you know, whatever that is, it doesn't matter. It could be a conversation, you know, in the moment. What does it mean to turn around? And it, it just so happened that the decision was made for me, you know, by the pandemic. So it wasn't just... I'd originally planned, like, well, there's this book I always wanted to write. I wanted to get it out there in mass. There are a lot of concepts that had come about through my experiences. You mentioned a number of them, you know, in your kind introduction. And so, okay, now it wasn't, it wasn't just write the book and go back to the nonprofit. It was continue to lean in. And so that led to the, to the uh, podcast in late July now in you know, I'm not sure when we're when you're dropping this episode, but I'm coming up on episode 60 uh, of mine since then now, and uh, and I love I love doing it. You know, I'm gonna I'll never catch you, Heather. I'm just gonna say because I know well, you're gonna keep yeah. going too. It's all right. It's not a competition. Yeah. Collaboration uh, over competition. I didn't say that. I was just I'm just so <laughs> fascinated. You know, like whatever show number I am. Uh, but having said that, I was like, well, you know, a a book as as much as it is, you know, it's very difficult to make a living yeah, on a I know. single book. I have to say, I Letter, have to just right, have to right? say. It's not like what you, and a commercial free <laughs> podcast, you know, doesn't pay the bills. Now, fortunately, my wife, Erica, and I have another business that, you know, keeps, you know, keeps that 
you know, uh, mortgage getting paid, if you will. But I just have continued on. And what I decided to do with the book, because I mean, look, it's a book, so it's self-contained. It has its limitations, was I've now developed courses that are completed and are really getting, you know, great feedback on. And, and so now I'm essentially back in business. So, I mean, look, I'm coming up on 54 this year. So I, I guess I also am one of those people, you know, after my 50s having yeah. to reinvent myself. And to be honest, I couldn't be happier. Absolutely. I've never been so happy in my life. I love that. I, I could say that, say that for a fact. Yeah. And I, there's so much about what you said that I really resonate with. And I, th- I think has been the truth for so many people, people who never imagined becoming entrepreneurs even. But this pandemic hit, maybe they lost their job or maybe they finally finally took this the side hustle and made it a real thing. Like there were a lot of opportunities for the people who were looking for the opportunities. And I don't mean to say that it wasn't terribly hard for lots and lots and lots of people. And also that it wasn't hard for you, know, you and me. It was hard. But there are are creative ways to do all sorts of stuff. And I love hearing about how folks rewrote their story, tried new things, put new things out there, and just got creative. Um, I had a, you know, I had a laugh. Yes, books, books don't make us rich. And definitely, right. you know, non-monetized podcasts do not. I'm like, I love my little podcast. It cost me a ton of money and a ton yeah. of time. So could you just listen? I put a, like a, random message out on Facebook yesterday. I was like, hey, y'all know I have a podcast. Did you know that? Because I do, and I work really hard, and why don't you all listen to it? Why is, it, why is this so hard? <laughs> right. I mean, it's almost like it's back to that that sales uh, mentality. Like, uh, I am doing you a favor by telling you about my awesome <laughs> podcast because it's going to help you. So please, you know, like, so let funny. me help you. That's why I, I do it. it. Uh, but And so, and yeah, and, you know, and a second book now is in the works. I didn't expect uh, to come about just as a result of of what's happened since and you just keep growing and I've just been on that uh on that fast track but now you know look Jake's yeah. Jake's grown he's he's in college he was unexpectedly home like a lot of you know kids for a oh, while yeah. so yeah how'd that work out you know for better and for worse at that age you know just like and <laughs> you know my wife Erica has a 16 year old so you know she's switched to high school cyber school and you know, a lot of people mm-hmm. had to go through those adjustments. I mean, she was she was, was glad hard. to sleep in, right? So, you know, a lot of trade-offs in life, you know, with, uh, you know, with, <laughs> as it goes. <laughs> um, I think she likes it better. I think her senior year, she's going to stay in cyber school, even though she doesn't have to. Really? Yeah. Yeah, my kids are really eager to go back to school. The one thing they did like was school started at 8, and they didn't have to get up until 10 minutes to 8, versus having to get up at 6.30 to get to school. Right. So... That was the only thing. The rest of it, uh, remote learning was a total disaster in my house. So I'm really glad they all get to go back to school. But, you know, that's an interesting thing that you say, too, for your stepdaughter. Right. I think this this applies to all of us in so many ways. We are all so diverse in what makes us work and how we learn and how we engage. And one of the things that I think is really been a surprise silver lining from the pandemic is that we've been able to try those different approaches and understand like, oh, maybe that would be okay. All of the companies who said, oh, maybe it is okay if these single parents can work from home a few days a week. We're not going to like, we're not going to fall apart. They can still successfully do their jobs. And so it's, I think it's completely changed and going to continue to change the way business is run. Oh, for sure. I mean, in terms of that pendulum swinging and you know, it's ultimately going to come down to the company culture and, you know, what kind of business and what have you. But um, I think it'll be a lot of hybrid going on. And, 
I don't know. I honestly, I don't know enough, enough about it's it. Kind to of fun to watch to though. speak I, to it. So we'll yeah. see. I'll be an observer, just the same. Will you um, revitalize the internship institute, or is that gonna is that is that completed its course? No, I mean, look, fifteen years of blood, sweat, and tears, and life's work. <laughs> um, I think I think it's gonna come around in one way, shape, or form. It's not, you know, it's on the side burner for the foreseeable future. But I will say that, you know, that's just I, I did a sh- I did a show. On what I call, just call it the big idea about that systemic, uh, you know, and literally at the level of the next step is I've got to get the attention of the Bidens because you need that much muscle yes. in order to make happen. So they're busy right now. You think? So, yeah. So <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm looking at doing a re-recording, putting it on the site uh, in video. And then I actually I spent a lot of time down in Delaware. I'm right here. I'm an hour away and uh, a whole other you know, side to things being down there. So a lot of contacts within a degree of them. And I do think I can get in touch with them, certainly their staff, uh, when the time comes. So, but I'm focused on, you know, uh, you know, as described currently. I like that. No, I think it's great. And I appreciate that. Um, you know, you put all that love and blood and sweat and tears into something, um, that, you know, you can pause, but you can always go back. And that's just a, a great lesson, I think, in life in general, is you can pause, you can take a break, you can start over, uh, but you don't have to throw out the whole thing. So it's fun. Well, I, you know, I will say one last thing about it, which is, you know, like anyone who goes that deep on something, I'm, I mean, I've got 25, 30,000 hours. Yeah, know, absolutely. Like, over time, you know, I learned a lot and it's, it's, it's a vast frontier. You know, between higher ed and business and, you know, the soapbox that, that goes with it. But I've learned some things that I know that people, I'm the only one who knows. And so I have a responsibility to at least put that idea out there and make the people who need to know about it know about it. And, you know, my job yeah. is done. So I, I have some unfinished and, business. And virtual interns are a thing, too. So maybe there's a way to change that up. I still train. I, I do still train. I, I did a webinar for 80 career centers on uh, you know, helping, you know, their, you know, them to teach employers how to do it. So I still, I'm still a little, I still have a, you know, hand and foot, foot in it. Yeah. You're all over the place. You do all sorts of cool things. Thanks. Absolutely. I think it's a lot of fun. And your podcast is a lot of fun too. You have a, a great energy on that. I, I'm going to, I think I know the answer to this question, but ah. the journey that you've been down, does that feel and did it at the time? It probably didn't. Oh, like a brave journey? Like, were you like, oh, this shit is brave? Like, holy crap. Well, yes and no. I mean, you know, some of it goes back to just who I am. Uh, you know, I'm just, um, I'm, relent- I'm relentlessly positive. So I- I'm always going to have that <laughs> reflex, uh, which, you know, speaks that whole happierness concept because we can't necessarily help what happens to us, but we have the control over how we react and uh, right. you know how yeah. we uh, how we manage our uh, our emotional experience, and like I said, you know, just staying present is uh, you know a huge part of just my happiness. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I I think that you know when you look at it on paper, uh, yeah, there, there's there's <laughs> more to it than your average bear, I suppose. But uh, like anything, you know, you, you you get through it, and you know, if I may say, you know, one of the things that compelled me to write Zisms uh, is the concept in and around earned confidence. And 
I, I just want to bring this up because I know it's really a bullseye for everything that you speak to, um, which is to say there's everything we've already talked about. Uh, certainly other things that come into play. I speak a lot to depression. I've had to contend with depression uh, since my early teens. Uh, I'm very active uh, in, in advocating, especially as a man, to speak to it because a lot of people suffer in silence. Uh, you mentioned caregiver. I saw my mom through this is easily the worst worst hardest hardest thing in my life. I mean, she um she contracted HIV in a blood transfusion. Um, oh my god. In the, that's uh, a whole interview. I can't believe Yeah, it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and she went through the worst of it. So Oh, I'm so sorry. Um well and it, well, it's twenty five years now since she's gone. Of course. Which is which is now crazy. People, now it's not a death sentence and, and right. That's wonderful, right. but also heartbreaking. That, that it heartbreaking, the hardest thing. But you know, with that or anything else, you you know, with her, it was you know, you make the best of of those years. And any number of times, we thought we were going to lose her. I mean, you go through that anguish, and then after that happens a couple of times, you're like, I can't do this to myself. You know, like yeah. you know, you get to the point of like, what will be, will be. You have to stay present. You can't forecast uncertainties, and so. That combined with a lot of the things that we've already talked about applies to everyone Absolutely. in the sense that we've all been through all the things that we have in life and we're still here. We're having right. we're still standing. We're having the conversation. So as much as people struggle with maybe confidence overall, it's undeniable that having come through everything that we have, earned confidence is about that logic yeah. that you are a hundred percent capable of coping with and overcoming everything that's happened to you in real time. So knowing that because you have, right. So having earned that, it's a way, it's really a logic formula to kind of outsmart worry and anxiety and uh, making assumptions, you know, anything (laughs) having to do with uncertainties, you could just deal with the real. And so again, that all comes back to that grounding principle around just being present. And, you know, so many people look to living in the not now, you know, that is a chief source of unhappiness in people's lives. So that's really where I take aim with a lot of what I'm doing now. I love that. I love it so much that a few years ago, I had the words be here now tattooed on the inside of my left wrist, just in case I find that I'm not paying attention to this moment. I'm like, oh, nope, come on, bring it back. <laughs> come back in. It's a good reminder. It is. I mean, I set alerts on my phone, but, you know, I, and I, I mean, I could ink, I could ink up. I mean, that's not <laughs> a bad call. But the reminders on your phone, I mean, I, I think those, those are important things to share with listeners because they're going to hear you so confidently and so powerfully say those things. And I think so many people, and I say it all the time too, see us and think it's just really easy for us to stay present and be in the moment. And that's no. not true. <laughs> no, it, it's, an, it's, it's an endless yeah. life skill you know, that you have to work at. And, you know, I'd love to, if you want, I'll I'll be happy to talk about some of those principles that I I think listeners will find helpful. Go ahead and share them. Yeah, go ahead. Is that okay? Well, well, earned confidence is certainly one of them. I mean, when you, you know, let's, let's go back to the, to the grounding principle, which I refer to as happierness, which is having that positive reflex, right? That choice that you make. It's like, how am I going to deal with a situation? And for me, especially on the depression side of things, I have to do that. I can't let myself get knocked off kilter uh, any more than necessary. I mean, it's not to say like, you know, sadness and grief and all you know, challenges yeah. come about. You've got to deal with and feel. Um, you got to deal and feel, Heather. But <laughs> you do have to deal uh, and feel. You know, right? So we, you know, we covered through earned confidence the the future uncertainty, 
which is which is critical. Then you get into the past baggage, which a lot of people contend with, right? You've got regret, resentment, uh, grief, uh, any kind of trauma, you know, on and on and on. I mean, it, baggage. People don't know what that is. And it really comes back to another thing like on the other side of earned confidence is self-kindness. Mm. And I'm sure that you've probably gotten into that mm-hmm. before, but what's what's so important about it in and around personal development is that when you look at you know where someone is and someone says, "Well, I really want more confidence or my self-esteem or certainly, you know, feel better in my relationship with, with myself in and around self-love." It's it's very vague. Sure. It's very nebulous, right? It's like, what well, does that I, actually I, mean? <laughs> I know, right. Like, well, how do I get from here to there? There's nothing definitive, but self-kindness is. It's a this or a that. It's you're either being kind to yourself yeah. or you're not yeah. in any given circumstance. So in the when it comes to the big stuff, it's not kind to yourself to hold on to regret or any of that residual negativity. Yeah. It doesn't do you any favors. And then certainly when you get into you know, at the heart of it all is really forgiveness. Mm. So it's, you know, forgive yourself for regret, forgive others, even if they don't deserve it. Not necessarily, not necessarily to their, not them. Right, right. It's, you don't have to do it to their face, but you know, you have to get your ego in check in the sense like, well, I'm not going to tuck my tail and just tell tell someone I'm sorry, you know, I, I forgive them or what have you (laughs) when they don't deserve it. But then on the other side of that, you, you trick your ego by saying, if I hang on to this bad feeling as a result of this person, they're still getting one over on me. They win. Absolutely. Right. So I have a whole section in my new book coming out about ah, the power of forgiveness. Oh. Forgiveness is really Right. Right. And that's something. why we talk about it. You know, mm-hmm. for the very case it's at the heart of it all. And then the other challenging thing that really is at that life skill level in and around getting to just be present is the self awareness to catch yourself when you have those negative those day-to-day negative mm-hmm. thoughts that, mm-hmm. you know, you're ruminating about things. And the question is, well, it's good to ruminate in the sense of, well, I want to make sure that, you know, I want to manage a crisis by not letting something happen, you know, right. uh, that, that would be the best way to do that. But is it productive, right. you know, or are you just beating yourself up? And, and when you, that's the thing, you know, as hard as it is to let go of the past baggage and train yourself to apply earned confidence to, you know, stop worrying or, you know, keep at that. It's the daily ruminations that people struggle with most. And so when you really check in with yourself and be like, well, am I present today? And, you know, you really kind of rewire your brain a little bit. And then once you're at that that foundation of of living in the present and number one, okay, happiness, having that that reflex, well, then you can push forward Then you can push your forward into areas of practicing mindfulness and, you know, you know, bringing more joy in and being, you know, proactive. Uh, and then in and around, of course, gratitude is it's certainly, you know, gratitude works. You know, that's really where a lot of the life enrichment is, but also energy consciousness, not just your, and this is a, a, an entrepreneurial thing, like being, I manage my days based on my mental acuity. You know, I, I align getting things done when I'm at my best. So uh, as opposed to time management, and that's one of the nice things about the freedom, but also how we interact, that we have a personal responsibility in and around how we affect one another and being aware of that. So somebody in a bad mood doesn't you know, ruin your day. And then, of course, pushing all the way up to, 
your you know aligning in and around your your passion and your self belief with your purpose and 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 that's what i just described in in combination is that happiness mindset so that's what i'm working on yeah I wanted to ask you, Matt, because I'm a big fan of self-kindness, but I've done a lot of work and research with um, Kristen Neff's work on self-compassion. Ah. And I'm curious if you have an opinion on that. In terms of the difference? Uh, no, just on the self-compassion work at all and how, you know, I mean, it's definitely, um, I, it's been game-changing for me, life-changing, but also right. it's it's a little strange because it's real things like, you know, like pet yourself and, and talk to yourself in the compassionate ways that you would talk to others. But I think it's right. game-changing. Well, it is. I mean, you could you could start out with that and say, well, for one, self-kindness f- falls under self-compassion. You know, compassion is the broader umbrella. And if we think, well, all the things that we say to ourselves, you know, would we let other people talk to us that way? And you know, yes. that's, that, that's, a, that's a good place to start and say, well, okay, we have, I wouldn't let someone talk to me that way. Then self-compassion comes into play. It's also really about giving yourself grace. Uh, oh my gosh, yes. Right. So it's got those many facets and it, and it then it intersects with that whole happiness mindset and having a a reflex of positivity going to that that extreme optimism. And by the way, the reason I do the happiness thing is because optimism is not in the present tense. It's always about oh. hopefulness. So I couldn't find anything so that you made really one up. I I actually did. And, you know, and it's not, uh, it's my responsibility. Uh, it's not meant to be a derivative, you know, like a state of being, you know, when you talk about, you know, happy or happiness, it's, it's a life skill. Mm. It's, you know, how do you respond to the things that happen to you? And, and, and self-compassion has a lot to do with that too. Yeah, it does. There's a lot in choosing that. Uh, there's a, I, are you familiar with Michael Singer's um, The Untethered Soul? I have heard of it, but I'm not familiar with it. <laughs> I, I have mixed feelings about that book, but he does talk about happiness in general just being a choice, like being happy in the moment, choosing that over something else. is It is a skill. It is a choice that you make even when you don't feel happy, <laughs> even when you don't want it, right. even when it's hard, even when all the curveballs are being thrown. And I, where I come, where I struggle with that a little is uh, I'm a super positive person. We talked about the fact that Be Here Now is tattooed on the inside of my arm. I couch everything in, in positive approach instead of negative. It's really, really important to me to do that. But I also think we have to be honest with ourselves and experience and feel whatever it is. I'm not of the just suck it up and get over it brand. Well, of course not. No. I mean, you have to experience sadness and grief and all the things that you encounter in life. And at the same time, you know, I'm not familiar with exactly what uh, you know he he says in in that, but you know we are in charge of our emotional experience. You know, we can't help the things that happen to us, but how we react. That's right. Is yeah. is you know, and and then comes also in and around perception, Heather, because uh, again, this this is something that I've had to work on in and around my own uh, dealing with depression over the years, because things get skewed to remind myself that optimism and pessimism do apply to the very same set of circumstances. Not to say that there, there's some things in there that are, you know, bad in terms of, you know, your environmental impact of things that get you depressed. Uh, but are things really that bad? You know, are they temporary? Well, that's what and it is. It, that sense of, is it temporary? Right. Is it always going to be bad? Maybe they're really that bad, but is it 
hopeless or is there something you can do to change it or will the situation right itself? I mean, we think about the pandemic, it was awful, but there was going to be a time eventually where it was going to get better. Well, I mean, while on topic, I mean, this is certainly something very important to me. And I, I founded the Defeating Depression Club on Clubhouse. I run rooms over there. Uh, and so as a man, I speak to this a lot uh, in, in that having experienced, and there is no substitute for experience when it comes to being in, in those, you know, that, those depths of despair, uh, when things are just so bleak, to remind yourself that you know, typically you've been there before. You yeah. know, and, and that, again, comes back to earned confidence mm-hmm. that things won't always be this way. You might not have the answer, you know, uh, and, and yet we're still also we're survivors, and that you just have to just keep taking more steps forward, celebrate the little wins, you know. I brushed my teeth today. I showered today. Yeah. And sometimes that's enough and it's worth celebrating. And some days that's your brave. That's it. That's okay. That's right. Exactly. I'm glad we went there. I'm glad we went there too. It is really important. And that's a huge part of what this show is about is that brave isn't always looking strong. Brave isn't climbing, always climbing mountains or starting businesses or coming out of the closet or getting a divorce or dealing with the death of a parent. Brave sometimes is fucking brushing your teeth. And sometimes it's like, okay, I'm actually going to get out of bed or I'm really going to put clothes on. And it can be different every day. And my hope for everyone who listens to this show is that they will find their brave moments from each day and that they will all hold the same amount of weight. Like whatever makes you brave that day, let that bolster you as you move forward. Right. And the tough thing when you're in that state of mind is, again, that self-kindness. Yes. And, and this or, the, yeah. that or that. And the challenge with it is, especially in the, that state of depression, you could go 15, 20 minutes or longer in that just sub, I don't know if it's quite the subconscious, but it's not exactly conscious. And you don't realize it until afterwards, why wow, I've been beating myself up and it's, it's like too late. Yeah. And yeah. You know, that's when you're like, oh, okay, you know, like be kind to yourself. Yeah. You yeah. know, when you when the consciousness kicks back in. Absolutely. Awareness is key. But that's a really nice lead in to a question that I ask every guest every week and, and that I really love, which is celebrating success. Um, celebration, I think, is a little bit of a lost art in this world. And we're so on the go and we're so busy and we're pushing so much and there's so much on everyone's plate that often we fail to stop, acknowledge and celebrate the moments that are great, the things that are wins. And so I want to know, Matt, how you celebrate. Well, I'm glad you're asking the question because it's essential. It is essential. Uh, It really is. But you'd be um, amazed how many people are go, I don't really think I do that. (laughs) Well, I mean, look, you know, we, we, we just talked about quality of life and, you know, choosing uh, you know, the positive whenever possible and certainly you know, pushing forward in, in being, you have to be present to celebrate. Yes, you do. Uh, yeah. And, and, and be, be grounded. So it's, it starts there for sure. Uh, a lot of it for me comes, comes to, down to gratitude. And I'm sure you speak to that quite a bit. I mean, gratitude works. And so I'm very grateful. I mean, when, this comes also over to perception, Heather, in that are my basic life needs met? Am I healthy? Is everyone around me healthy? You know, like the basics. Like if you've got that going on for you, everything else is gravy or really circumstantial. Not to minimize anything because we always all 
typically have something tough going on. But again, back to the, well, is this temporary? So when you have the, the positives, go down the list and, and celebrate each one with, Matt, with gratitude. Yes. How do you celebrate? How do I celebrate? Yes. I'm just perpetually kind to myself. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of any one way. I mean, I practice gratitude. One of the things that I'm doing, uh, and, and this is a little bit of on the law of attraction side of things, if I may, is that, is that digress us? Yeah, no, okay. it's, it's okay. all good. I mean, okay. I, 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 I think that's why I asked this question. There are a lot of ways to celebrate. Certainly, practicing gratitude is a beautiful way to celebrate. I've written two books on gratitude. Huh. I'm certified in positive psychology. It's a BFD in my business oh, and in my life. Okay. But there are a lot of things. Some people go, I eat chocolate. And some people say, I put it on Facebook. And some people say, I go take a walk around the neighborhood or whatever. So whatever you do to celebrate gets to gets to win. And we ask this question so that we can light up the listener's uh, brain and have them think about ways that they can do that for themselves. So share away. Right. Well, for one, in the present, I fold gratitude in my day. You know, the second yes. my feet hit the floor, yeah. I'm grateful. You know, uh, you know, you, you create these triggers, you know, especially when you have downtime. When I'm brushing my teeth, I have a spin brush. It takes two minutes before the thing turns back off. What am I, what am I thinking about you know, in mm -hmm. those two minutes? I'm intentional. Now, at the same time, I, I've really been enjoying this practice I've been doing lately. Um, and, and honestly, it had to do with a guest who was on my show who, who you know, speaks to the law of attraction. And... What he explained was, you know, I take these these cards as a reminder and think of five things from your past that you're really super grateful about and five things in your present and then five things in the future that you want to manifest I and bring into that. your life. And then you shuffle and you go through each one and experience it. Uh, and, and what that does, of course, it's a lot about getting into that vibration is that two out of three of those cards are going to be real. And so when you, when you are getting to and experiencing the cards that are the things that you want to bring into your present as if they're already happening, you're, you're, you've got that vibe going on for you. I love that. And uh, so I've been taking a lot of walks. And the, the other thing, and again, this is a little bit of an aside. I don't think it's necessarily celebration, but it's very recent. In the last few weeks, I've made a life decision to put my health first. Mm. And, and it was always something that I, to be honest, you know, I'm, you know, I, I play ice hockey. I do different things that are always routine for me, but it's always like, oh, fit a workout in and then, oh, I'm too tired or whatever. Well, now I'm doing two workouts a day. I'm, you know, I'm eating right. Uh, you know, I'm drinking a lot of water. Uh, I've got the gratitude thing going on and uh, I'm reading personal development books and, uh, and I'm being consistent with it. And then I'm fitting in the things I need to do around that. I've, I've, I've switched I the like paradigm. I like that a lot. I think that y'all take um, that with you. Switch that paradigm. Yeah. Because it all gets done, right? But what happens when we put the business stuff first is we sabotage the per, the personal stuff and our personal needs. And we go, oh, I'll do right. that later. Oh, I can't do it. So if you get – you're not going to sabotage the work stuff. This is not the way that's going to happen, right? So if you take care of yourself first – then you buckle down, you stay focused, and you get your shit done with work, and you don't push it off. It's, it's a leap of faith. I mean, I also – I had COVID, oh, uh, and my wife did, and, and my, my son did months back, and I, I just hadn't been feeling myself ever since. And uh, a little short of breath, that, that sort of thing. And I just – you know, the, my energy levels haven't been where I want them to mm -hmm, be. Mm -hmm. And it's like I know I'm not quite feeling myself. You know, maybe a little bit was like a low-level depression, you know, the winter and things. But I'm okay. I mean, I'm functional. Thank well, goodness. I, yeah. Right. I mean, but I'm but 
but I'm really, I really do feel, I feel really good right yeah. now. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Um, obviously, you know, we could talk for days, yeah. <laughs> the two of us, but we're, we're going to come to the, to the wrap of the show here. And sure. I get to ask you what your favorite charitable organization is to support. Well, uh, through the years that my, my own nonprofit was certainly a big part of it, my wife and I are uh, involved. You know, her company is Isogenics. Um, she's, you know, top uh, performer in the company, and we're founding members of their foundation. Uh, so that's the ISA Foundation, uh, dot net, right, if you want to check that out. And they do healthy nutrition with their products, education. They do uh, disaster aid. Uh, and they do uh, I, racial equality is certainly Love in there that. as well. So, awesome. you know, that's that's close to our hearts and certainly close to what we do. Awesome. Well, folks, well, they'll be our charity of the week. Get to know them in whatever way you most want to and can support in whatever way works for you. Matt, I'm excited to ask you this. I've been excited to ask you this since we opened the show. Will you share your three words with us one last time? I will. Thank you. Uh, driven undeterred and happierness. All right. So when when you were first sharing those words with me, first of all, I had to laugh. You're like, you don't want to be surprised. And I'm like, no, no, no. That often leads to disaster. Please don't surprise me. <laughs> right. Um, we, y- you were kind of like, I could do this, but there's a story there. So clearly you're just driven. And then I think some people are born that way and built that way. And some people learn to be that way. So right. I don't want to say that it's like you have it or you don't, but I think you've probably always had it. Um, but I know True. you said there's a story with Undeterred. I challenge right. you to tell it really quickly. Hmm. <laughs> okay, so with the nonprofit, I was going for a huge grant from a foundation uh, called Longwood that uh, is is a subsidiary of uh, the DuPont family. And in order to qualify for that, you know, you get you have to be present in Delaware. I mentioned that earlier. And, you know, 50 trips down there doing projects, you know, really being vested in the neighborhood. And you can only imagine what it takes to, to, to get that kind of grant. And I went into the funding round and uh, you just knocked down proposal. Everything's wonderful. And under any other circumstance, we probably would have gotten it. And I really thought we were going to get it. And it just turned out, um, you know, Thayer DuPont. You know, like, you know, he's the, you know, he's he's the big wig, you know, mm-hmm. as the heir to the DuPont, mm-hmm. you know, runs that. But it's not his decision. They have a board of trustees. And then the way they do it is they'll call, you know, he calls you afterwards to give you the news. And so you expect the good news and he gets on the phone and he basically, you know, lets me down. And But he, he says, you know, it, your proposal was amazing, but it just so happened that we funded these other initiatives that were in your category. And so we only have so much to give you know, out in this funding round, we had to spread it around. He just didn't make the cut. He really couldn't even criticize. And, you know, you get a 15 minute call and we're only five minutes in and there was this silence. And, you know, for me, it was just a character moment. And I said, you know what there, and and I knew him, you know, from, from other things. Um, I'm undeterred. And he just lit up. He was really happy. It can't be easy for him to give me the, the yeah. news. Um, and yet he was really happy to know that yeah. uh, he didn't crush my yeah. soul. I love that. <laughs> Essentially. <laughs> so uh, so it was, it was something that – and then uh, my wife got me, uh, you know, AirPods and you can, you know, customize the case. And that's the word she puts on, put on the case for me as a oh, result. I love that's, it. that's why it's my word. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's a great reminder. That's a great tool to have in your pocket when things, as they inevitably do on occasion, feel really, really effing hard. Right. You're like, mm, okay, I'm, I'm, under, I'm choosing. I'm undeterred. That's awesome. Thank you. Uh, and we already talked about your invented word, happierness, and I love Thank that. You. And I think it's great. Um, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, how can folks find you if they want to check you out and all that good stuff? Thank you, Heather. Um, And thank you to your listeners, of course. Uh, My website's mattzinman.com. And I also, if I may, want to point them to the new courses I I developed. I'm super proud of them, um, which is the Life Upgrade is the main course, mattzinman.com backslash Life Upgrade. And if I may, Heather, I I want to, uh, you know, as a thank you, offer a gift to the listeners, a, a $100 gift code, um, which I've set up as Brave Files 100. And so anyone check it out and uh, hopefully that'll get them another step forward to uh, coming through that experience. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's out of me. You know, it's certainly very original. Awesome. And I, I hope people uh, follow through. Yeah, but, very good. And you also should check out um, Matt's podcast. You want to tell folks again? Sure. Yeah, easy to find on the site. It's Insights to Live By. And uh, I do some solo shows and uh, I have guests come on and talk about their life lessons and pearls of wisdom. And it's got a fun formula to it, a nice mix. And uh, I have a super, I have a nice surprise for my guests. Most guests don't know it's coming. And uh, it's a fan favorite, I just have to say. (laughs) So I'll leave it at that. Very good. Matt, thank you so much for being here with us. It's my pleasure. Thanks so much, Heather. All right, folks. I want to hear what connected with you on this episode or anything else that you're experiencing. Maybe you want to share how you're out choosing bravely, what your brave of the day is. You can give me a call, 312-646-0205. I literally do truly check those voicemails myself, and I will respond myself. So you can also email me at heather at vickeryandco.com. And listen, if you have not already joined us in the Brave on Purpose Collective on Facebook, go ahead and stop right now and go do that. Just search Brave on Purpose on Facebook. It is a community of people who, just like you, are looking to leverage their fears into intentional bravery in every possible way. Because what we know for sure is that when we choose bravely on purpose, We choose bigger, we win bigger, and it's contagious. Thanks for being here with us today. This is Heather Vickery reminding you right now and always to go out and choose bravely. Hey, friends, I want to share something really exciting with you. We already know you enjoy listening to podcasts because you're listening to this one, but I'm also betting you enjoy audiobooks. And hey, listen, if you don't already enjoy audiobooks, then it's time to check them out. That's why I'm really excited to share Libro.fm with you. They are an incredible new platform for listening to audiobooks. And by choosing Libro.fm over other audiobook services, you are supporting a local bookstore of your choice and investing in your local community. Libro.fm offers over 150,000 audiobooks via their primary platform, which, by the way, They built with love and from scratch because they're a small business also. They even offer bookseller recommendations for great audiobook options. You can sign up right now via www.vickeryandco.com slash librofm. That's vickeryandco.com slash L-I-B-R-O-F-M. And when you do, you'll get one free audiobook of your choice 
and the proceeds will go to your favorite local bookstore. Now, check what I just said there. You're going to get a free book and the proceeds are still going to go to your local bookstore because Libro.fm makes sure that their booksellers get paid even when they give a promo to customers. I've listened to over 20 audiobooks this year alone. I especially love listening to memoirs read by the author, and it feels great knowing that all of my purchases support my local bookstore, The Book Table, in Oak Park, Illinois. Libro.fm. The same audiobooks, the same price, but a completely different story. Check them out right now at vickeryandco.com slash Libro.fm. Have you ever thought about starting a podcast? Maybe you've had this thought and then quickly shut it down because who has the time or you don't know how or gosh, it just all seems too hard. If you have something to share with the world, we want to encourage you to get your message out. The world needs to hear it. Did you know that 50% of all homes are podcast fans? If you've ever wondered about having your own podcast or how it can increase your business or get your message across, then please join me and the other experts from the Podcast Power Academy for our monthly free Q&A session. It's called, So You Want to Start a Podcast? This casual live conversation will help you understand how podcasting can be a great decision, why now is the best time to get started, and how to get into action with it. Visit podcastpoweracademy.com to learn more. You've been listening to The Brave Files, stories of people living courageously. To learn more about the show, find our show notes and full episode transcripts, or to get some great bonus content, visit thebravefilespodcast.com. And we would love to know what you think of the show. You can give us a call at 312-646-0205. Let us know your thoughts on the episode, the show in general, or maybe share with us how you're out choosing bravely. This episode is brought to you by Vickery & Co. Success Coaching. Coaching that helps you maintain a life well-lived and a business well-run. Learn more at vickeryandco.com. Our music was created and produced in a custom collaboration with Matt Lewis from ML Creative Consulting, a boutique firm dedicated to helping clients identify their unique sound and amplify their brand with custom-delivered soundtracks. We couldn't do any of this without our extraordinary audio engineer, Andrew Olson. Learn more about him and check out his work at findandrewolson.com. And special thanks to everyone on Team Brave from our producers, associate producers, copy editors, writers, and support team. Special thanks to Molly, Mary, Kim, Sabra, and Sabrina. I'm your host and executive producer, Heather Vickery. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next week.